Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And in this episode, we'll be talking about servicing your classic. Ori, there's a lot of classics out there. Do they take it to the mechanics and get them serviced? What do they do? Yeah, I agree. And this is that time old yeah, conundrum. What do you do? Do we service it annually like you do your everyday road car? Or is there that thought that, well, I'm not using it as often as I use my everyday road car, so I don't need to service it every year. You know, only when I'm going to use it, I'll go and service it, which yeah, I think they, is a huge misconception. They certainly do say things like that. They say, look, I've only done 300 Ks in the last year, so it's not worth servicing it. But it definitely needs servicing every year at least. If you're doing normal driving, I mean, if you're doing inspirited driving and a lot of kilometres, sometimes you really should service them, at least the oil change and filters. Of course, checking all the fluid levels and that's got to be done more regularly. But the oil and filter should be a year at max, possibly six months if you're using it more regularly than normal. Well, I think, you know, one of the things you guys said and our technician told us when we bought, you know, let's use the 360 as an example. But it was a UK import. It did have the books, but the service history, there may be a few gaps here and there or not as often as we would like. So to get that back, start to service it regularly. And within five years, your car, if you've looked after and owned it for five years, the service is back to the level it should be. Yes, and that's where I think if anyone's looking at a classic, the critical thing is the length of ownership that someone's had it. And at that time of ownership, is it been a prolonged ownership of five or six years? And in that five or six years, that thing that you're talking about is it has it been serviced regularly? Has the book been stamped? Now, the stamping of the books. So what happens to the owners? I mean, I was lucky enough to have the books. You were lucky enough, and you might have told that story, how you actually found your books for the Dino. But if they haven't got the original books, what you, happens? What are they stamping? Well, you can get copies of the original books. And even if you can't get copies, you can make your own. There's, you know, um, universal-type books that you can buy from, the, you know, the, the auto shops. And you can register exactly every time you do a service what you've done on it. If it's stamped by the, I won't say dealer, but the independent uh, mechanic or dealer, or if you're doing it yourself. So you can do it yourself. Well, certainly. Not stamping them though, correct? Well, you still stamp them, but you stamp it with your name on it that you've done the service. So at least the new owner knows, well, they have had their oils changed and whatever you have done to the car on a regular basis. Yeah, and if, if the person sees that the owner has been an enthusiast, then you'll probably, you know, take good credence of those stamped books by the owner. But I think if you're going to do your own service, then you should have more paperwork of exactly what you've done. What oil have you used? Have you changed the coolant? What have you done? Or is it that you do the minor services and the major services done by? Definitely have to go to a you know, qualified technician, I would have thought. The thing you're going to find with your classic cars and the original books is Because they're so old, 20, 30 years old, you're going to run out of pages in your book. They should have already run out, right, when you've taken ownership of your classic, to be honest. If you, unless you're lucky enough to have had this car from you, you know, if you're the third, fourth, fifth owner, you're more than likely would have already run out of pages in your book. Hence why you say you need the replacement book or, or the back of the book or you need some other form of documentation. Yeah, what I've seen happen, and it's happened to myself, is that uh, the book has got some blank pages so you use those pages or you just add some pages in. Yep. The thing is as well, if it hasn't had many kilometres, 
it's no point stamping at 50,000 kilometres and it's actually only done 20,000. So leave that blank and put it in a separate spot until you get to the 50,000 so it looks looks better in terms of the, the actual kilometres that you serviced it. Actually, that's a good point. Mario uh, Lambrusciano, who we spoke about, who's our technician that we use at Veloce Motorsport, uh, popped in there this morning and he said the very same thing. You know, do not stamp those kilometres, 30,000, 40,000, you know, those mileage bo- um, pages if you're not there yet. Wait until you get there and there's plenty of space to put, like you said, just the oil change. Well, this service, so I've had the car now just over a year. I've done two services. One, the major one where we've done the cam boots when I first bought the car. My yearly service came up. I'd done 2,000 kilometres for the year. And Murray said, my friend doesn't even need a service to look at, but I wanted it to come in. We tra- drained the oil. You were there when we drained the oil to have a look how clean it was. We drained the oil, changed the fluids, perfect. Even with today's oils, you could argue that it, you really don't need to change that oil. However, you've got peace of mind that you've changed that it's new oil in there, but it was very clean oil, so... Yeah. But I mean, for it's yes, it's a cost associated. But for a minimal cost, you you know you're looking after your classic that w- may be worth a lot of money. Yeah, and if you're a little bit hands on, those sorts of service where you're just changing the oil and the filter, you can do yourself. Sometimes you need to have the facility because to do it on jack stands or you know it can be you know a bit of an health and safety issue. Uh, but if you've got a hoist at home and you like tinkering, uh, some of the minor stuff you can do at home. Some people even do their cam belts at home that, you know, have got a bit more knowledge and experience about it, but I certainly wouldn't tackle something like that. So what do you say to someone then that, well, like we said at the beginning, that says, well, I haven't driven it much, and we're saying you need to service it, and they, say, they don't agree? Well, two things with that is they say they haven't driven it much. That's the first error. You need to drive it. You, you've got a classic, you can't leave it in the shed for six months or in the garage undercover and then just start it up and drive it and go for a two-hour drive. You can do more damage to that vehicle by not driving it and it's sitting there. Yeah, should at least drive it, I would say, once a month, uh, maybe once every two months, and you should service it. So the date, the every time you drive a Classic, you should always check the fluids. Uh, that's including your tyres. Um, that's the other reason to drive your car because you don't want to have flat spots in your tyres leaving in the garage. But when you do drive them, it's important to look at all the gauges. Make sure things are working how they're supposed to be working. Make sure the car gets up to temperature before you push it too much. Those sorts of things are more critical on the older classic cars. And I think by doing all that, you are going to avoid major problems That's right. down the track. And some of those problems, if you do hear noises that you don't normally hear, if you see the gauges aren't, you really got to attend to it because you don't want that to develop into a bigger problem. So if you're a real enthusiast, you'll pick those things up and say, well, hang on, I've got to get it attended to. And I think, you know, we were just having a chat before the show and you are talking about you drive your car, you're five, six, you, you use it most weekends, let's say, and sometimes during the week also, but you've just had it serviced, but you notice a couple of drops of coolant yeah, that's in right. the garage. So if you didn't actually go into your garage or look, your, you know, lift the cover of your car, you're not looking at it, let's say, daily, there are things that are happening to your car and you don't notice them and it could be a major problem. Now, yours isn't, you know, because it's not there today. So if you're not looking at these things and monitoring them and just going in there once every three months, four months, five, whatever it may be, you may be missing things. You will be missing things and you do get complacent because, you know, we're all probably driving fairly modern cars 
that do everything. You've got electric power steering, so you've got no power steering fluid. There's all sorts of things on the modern cars now that, you know, you don't even open the bonnet. A lot of people bought a car and so, you know, have you seen, seen where the engine yeah. is. So, you know, when it comes to driving a classic, you're always checking something. I mean, if you've got the old classic motorbox, you see they roll up at the, the lights and they're always tinkering with the something at the engine and, you know, and it's probably like the old dog's tail. Why are they doing that? Because they can. You yeah. know? So, uh, but certainly look at your classic car, feel and see what it's doing and service it. And I think what that all avoids and what we're trying to say to our listeners, I suppose, is if you do all that, when you get in your classic car, you know it's ready to go. You're not going to have a problem and you enjoy it more. Because the problem becomes if you don't drive it often, every time you want to drive it, there's a problem with the car, you actually start to get frustrated and you you fall out of love with it. You say, like, this is just costing me money. Well, it's not actually costing you money because you don't look after it. Yeah, that's a look, very good point. You know? Very good point. The thing I ask of your classic car, is it ready to start and go for a drive? Yeah, and if the answer is yes... Then you're maintaining it. Then you're maintaining it. If it's, oh, I've got to check the battery, maybe the battery's flat, I didn't check the fluids, really after every drive you check it. If it's got a lot of electrics, which a lot of the classics hasn't, you may need to put it on a battery charger, trickle charger. I think best advice ever. Yeah, you know, You're not going to drive them off and you need a trickle charger. Otherwise, like you said, every six or one year the car's been sitting there, you're going to have a flat battery. We hear plenty of those stories where they said, oh, I went to go – to, for a drive and um, well, a car wouldn't start Best and investment. it's mainly the battery. Best investment ever is a classic. Is a trickle charger. The, the question you need to ask yourself of the cars that you have and we're talking about classic not the modern ones as in uh, new contemporary cars is is it ready to drive? So if it's ready to drive more than likely you are servicing it with the regular intervals you are checking it and it will maintain forever as a caretaker that we are or caretakers that we are, so for the future generations. About the books and the stamping of the books, and you're saying we're caretakers, have you ever rung someone, a past owner of the vehicle you've bought and asked them? Yeah, I have. I have actually. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 actually quite enlightening because you, you find that most of them do want to talk about their car. And what they've done to it yeah. when they owned it. And I was surprised when I bought my uh, my blue Dino 77, The I rang two or three different owners. A matter of fact, one of the owners I, I met on a rally sometime later, he had gone up to a 355 Challenge type rally car and uh, he said, yeah, that was mine. I was sort of met two of the owners. Uh, they were still teaming up doing rallies but in a, a more modern uh, still a classic because a 355 manual, It was, uh, but a little bit quick, I would say. And uh, it was good chatting to them. Because they tell you exactly what they've done and their passion for it and how their maintenance history was also and who looked after the car, I suppose. If it's in the same market, you know, near the same city, it's a lot easier to stay with the same technician. Yeah, it is. and But some of them, you know, a lot of the enthusiasts do look after their own cars They'll do a lot of work themselves. You you hear about it, and then I know some friends that will do a fair bit themselves. As they get on a bit, it's probably more difficult to do it yourself, and it depends how mechanically minded they are as well. So help me here then. We, we're buying a classic. We've got our PPI done, which we've spoken in another episode about the pre-purchase inspection on our car. The car's got books. Let's just say the car's in the same state as you live, so you've we've bought something that's local. How important is it taking it to the same technician or how do you know you've got the right technician looking after your car? 
How do you pick which is the right technician to look after your car? Are you getting ripped off on servicing? Is it costing too much? Because that's another issue. A lot of people are saying, I don't service that every year because every time I go, it costs me $2,000 or whatever it may be, which it shouldn't. I think that's a bit of word of mouth. So you do your research. I know I did my research before I purchased my first one uh, and gave me confidence in buying it. Depending on how you know, common of a car it is, when that gave me that confidence, you've got to build up a relationship and also trust. So, you know, when they're working on your car, what do they tell you? Do they give you confidence that they let you know, look, it's not worth spending it on this and, you know, just maybe put that on your list when we do the major, we'll do that. When it's minor stuff, look, you can do without that, you can fix it, you can run it run it as it is. So I think you want to have someone that you've got confidence that they tell you the right thing. Telling you the right thing, trustworthy. Well, it's a big, big item for me. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think the relationship we've got with our technician is fantastic. He's no, he's not just our mechanic or our technician. He's actually a friend. He is a friend. And yeah. when he looks after your vehicle, it's like it's his. And that's what I like. I like that he's looking after it as if it was his own. And I think because of that, he knows how you like to have your car looked after or how I like to have it. So he will treat us how we he believes we need to be treated. He's very very considerate in that regard. So if he thinks you're very, I won't say pedantic, but particular about certain things, he knows that he'll have to change that anyway because he's noticed it. He'll still ring you and let you know, do you want to do that and do you want to do this? Um, but he will let you know. So we've spoken about the classics and we've touched on our Ferraris servicing. But other classics, do they need to be serviced every year? I mean, remember your brother Carlo last week said that he doesn't service his car every year, his Mustang. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. I think it depends how paranoid you are about things like that. And also, maybe some of those, and I don't know enough about them, but maybe they've got their tolerances are a bit wider. So, you know, it's not as critical the oil you use. And, and I remember when I had my Fiat 125, um, it's a little four cylinders and uh, we bought that and it was running quite well. The spark plugs were put in vertical so they were actually cross-threaded in the vehicle. Not all of them but a couple of them. We ended up putting new spark plugs and in the right direction had to you know sort out the, um, the thread in that and it didn't drive any different. So uh, you know and maybe whether the engine's worn a bit so that doesn't have the tolerances as a, a new one, maybe that makes a difference as well. I'm a bit cautious. I, for me, I think any car, doesn't matter, my everyday car, the you know, SUV we drive that my wife drives with the kids, I am meticulous. I get them serviced when they are due. I'm the same. I certainly get them serviced when they're due. I might be out a month or two, but when they're due, you really do need to service them. And, you know, speaking to other people, mechanics, technicians, all sorts of you really do need to do at least the oil chains. I know a guy that was driving a, a taxi, well, I'll say a taxi, it's a limousine, but it was a classic Mercedes, and he was doing a lot of kilometres. He would be changing the oil every three months, irrespective of the kilometres, and that car was I don't know, done three or 400,000 kilometres, and it was fantastic still. Ran smooth, and it goes, every three months, I do a service. And that's where, I suppose, if you're not using them often, I think the, uh, this is the rule of thumb, in my opinion. If you're not using them often, or sporadically, you must at least do it once a year. If you're using your car more often, maybe you do do it twice well, a year if, or more often, right? If you're Dependent. doing it, yes. If you're using it 
and you're, you're really getting more than, you know, five or 6,000 kilometres every six months, then possibly you should be doing a service every six months. And to be honest, it's a small cost to pay in the maintenance of your vehicle long term. Certainly. You know, with the other problems that may come up, engine, anything, hoses, you know, fluids, gaskets, the whole lot. And talking about fluids and gaskets and um, is the rubbers, they do dry out. So you've got to continually check those things. When I say continually, every six to six months to a year, and often they'll need replacing. I mean, you hear about, you know, cars catching on fire and things like that. That's more than likely due to fuel lines crackling, uh, cracking, sorry, and um, deteriorating and leaking. So that leak on the exhaust or the things like that. It catches that. a light. So it catches a light. So, you know, we've got to be mindful of all those. And brake lines, you know, uh, some of them de- deteriorate, so you've got to check that. Well, we're talking about brakes, certainly even the um, brake fluid. But, yeah, brake fluid, brake pads, all that stuff needs to be looked at because it's their safety features, number one, that you don't want to go wrong at any time. Uh, so... I agree. Unless you take it into the shop and getting this service done, you can't say, oh, look, I haven't driven it, so my brakes must be brand new. Just sitting there, they're wearing. Same as the the tyres, which is another big one for me. The tyres are a really important factor. I mean, it's the only thing holding the car to the road. And even the tyres, you should actually rotate them if they're the same size front and rear, of course. If they're not the same size, you can't rotate them. But they need to be regularly checked. If the car is at a standstill for a fair fair bit in a garage, you should over uh, pump them up. In other words, put um, a larger pressure in there so that you keep the roundness of the tyre. You could be mindful when you go for a drive that you might have to re- release some of the uh, pressure though. So if I haven't got time and I'm short on time and, and you know, life's busy for everybody, is it? can I just go in my garage, start my car up, let it run for 10, 15 minutes, turn it off? Is that doing anything? No, I wouldn't do that. Normally to let a car sit there and idle, it's not recommended. There's a lot of schools of thought, but most of them will say you shouldn't actually just let the car, you start it up in the morning and just let it idle, nor should you over-rev it in the, the, until the oils get up to temperature, uh, the water and the oils. The idea is really to get in your car, you start it, might wait 5, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever, and then you can drive off. So it gets warm slowly. Don't over-rev it, you know, just a few and don't thousand. don't leave it yeah. there idling. Don't leave it there idling, but drive it. Because that's a lot, I know a lot of people have got, and you know, the uh, the Ford GT Shakers, the XYZ, things like that. They they just start them in their garage. They go, oh, no, I'll start, it, I'll start it once a month. And that's what they actually do. You've got to start it and move it. I mean, if you can't go for a drive. Even it, around the block. Even around the block. You know, you use your steering, all the fluids get there. But you really do need to get them up to temperature. Otherwise, you, you, it's not a really achieving what it should be achieved in terms of keeping it maintained. All right. So is there a blanket rule that every car needs to be serviced once a year? I mean, or do the, each dealer manufacturer change? Is it different for different cars? It is. It's some of them now with the, I mean, if you're talking about new cars, some of them have extended the yearly thing to 15,000 kilometres a year. and thing. But as a, a rule of thumb, I would stick to minimum once a year, even for your classic that you're not driving, you know, 10,000 kilometres a, a year. Once a year, you service, service it. it. And have you got any thoughts about 
hard and on classics, mainly the classics Ferraris that we'll talk about, some parts that it may be difficult to get, is it worth having spares in your garage if you've got space? Or do you think, don't worry about it, you'll always find the part? Uh, spares, I think you should actually, you know. In the of tool, certain items. The toolkit comes with certain spares in, uh, in the Ferraris and a lot of them are the belts. So you might have the air conditioner belt, the generator belt, and even cam belts, but that's unusual to have that as a spare because that's a major service. So you normally can order them, and they they're readily available. So, but if those original, so we've got the original toolkit, yeah, in ours, we've got the original fan belt and uh, air conditioner belt, but aren't they wearing? I mean, they're 20, old, 20 years old. Mine are twenty years old. No, they're not. They've been replaced in the major service. They've been replaced out of the toolkit, also. Well, no. out. Of, out of the to- oh sorry out of the toolkit I'm saying what's sitting in the toolkit correct no. that's been where that's just sitting there yeah out of the toolkit you should replace them yeah yeah okay you could you could leave them and saying they they your original ones but you wouldn't put them on I would say they'd be cracked deteriorated all right Mick well I think we can summarize by saying it is important to get your classic car and we serviced, are all for servicing serviced every year at least. And uh, when you service it and before you service it, just make sure things are working. Look at the gauges, sense it, feel it, and it will last for a long, long time. Speak to your technician. I think that's important. Service the cars like we are saying and uh, you shouldn't have a problem. Your your enjoyment will more than outweigh the what you've paid. And one thing that you brought up before and we spoke about is the enjoyment of being able to say, yes, someone's come around. Yes, we can take it for a drive. Let's go. Thank you, Ori. We'll leave it there. Uh, You can reach the show via email, mickandori at gmail.com. And remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.